0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show on ESPN. Good to have you with us, gang. We are getting close, very, very close to the start of the 2021 season. So we figured, mm, let's take a look. At some of the serious contenders that we could be talking about as Super Bowl champs come February in LA. And who better than an old friend, one of the very best in the business, to drop by and give us his contenders for Super Bowl glory this season. So let's get straight down to it and welcome the brilliant Greg Rosenthal. Greg Rosenthal, it is great to see you great to see you thanks for dropping by um first things first my friend i think we need to tackle the elephant in the room i think we need to tackle the, the the twitter frenzy of the last 24 48 hours that was sparked by a photograph posted on our social media channels at the nc show facebook instagram twitter that uh didn't sit very well with you my friend did it
1: no, you always take this, you know, picture of me looking like a like a weirdo back at the Minnesota Super Bowl, I, I guess, or I'm just like making like an awful face. That's like, what are you talking about? Which, you know, I'm told from people I live with, um, I, m- I make that face all the time. I don't want to see that face. You don't need to save that picture and send send it out. I mean. I- yeah. john gonzalez like saved it himself and started sending it back to me on on different yeah, <laughs>
0: involved i think he was one of the, the many people to pile on well listen firstly uh, massive apologies for that we subsequently used for a second plug of you coming on the show a, a greg rosenthal approved photograph you in a hawaiian shirt which i think is your is your twitter uh profile pic right so that's,
1: that was hopefully- from the dad summit um at <laughs> colleen wolf and john's house this this year they 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 invite all their dads and many dads from the surrounding uh, region. You wear Hawaiian shirts. It's a beautiful thing. I don't really like that picture either. So I think the problem is really with myself. Hmm. You know, I'll have to take it up with my therapist or something. I don't have a therapist, but maybe I'll get one because I. <laughs> Like because that, photos. that's prompted that. Well, look, I mean,
0: that is on me. I'm not going to throw our social media team under the bus. That one's on me. Uh, so, my resignation letter will be on your desk by the end of play today. I also want to give extra props uh, to Dave, one of our listeners who got in touch in the middle of uh, this back and forth. Uh, there's some young Steve Gutenberg action going on there. Is what how he looked at the foot. So, I think that's a, I think that's a positive. I, you know, I'll I think- take
1: it. I mean, I'm not sure that's a name that resonates with. With um, your international audience, or really oh, uh, um, any Academy, audience yeah. over the, you know, <laughs> under, <laughs> the under the age of forty. Of... <laughs>
0: sure, that's the mark we go for. Look him up, kids uh, Stupid bug. Police Academy. Police one of the Police Academy. I
1: mean, he was the lead, so I'll take that. Ultimately, on... that's that's Gutenberg's movie. He carries that movie. So. He does, and and
0: I love the fact he kept coming back for the sequels. Probably a contractual obligation, but the one that. Uh, he did uh, the last one he did. And then the one after that, which I think was police Academy five was on the other day. And my kids saw police Academy for the first time. Oh, and yeah. were I mean, the, the, look on their faces, I think we lasted about four or five minutes before the, the <laughs> They gave it a good stab, but it, uh, it didn't really roll. Another good one from the mailbag. bag. And I'm going to get down to business um, because this intrigued me uh, from Glenn. Thank you, Glenn, for, for this one. Did Greg ever get that $250 haircut? Asked Glenn.
1: Oh, yeah, that is, a I think, a reference to a conversation I had on another podcast I do called the Nick and Rosenthal Vanity Project, Uh, Um, uh, which uh, is a lot of fun. I do with my friend um, who has a lot more money than me and gets like really expensive haircuts near me. I did go get it. I did not ask how much it was going to be until after I was done. It was about half that price. But even then, that was a sticker shock. Mm. I was not expecting, I thought it would be yeah. double digits. It's you know, it's like, it took shock. like 30 minutes. It took 30 minutes. Um, I so I don't, if, I don't know I if... well, don't know. Yeah. I bet you just, you want to be in and out no. there in three minutes, right? No, that that's fine. I, it's more, you just want to have like a reliable, you know, my, mine moved away for, you know, it's like LA is a huge place. Now I have to drive an hour to go get a haircut. No, I'm not going to do that anymore. So, um, I I think I'm still looking. That feels like too expensive a haircut for me. Maybe not for Nat. I mean, Nat's a presenter. Nat's like the host, you know, Nat's the face of the NFL in, in the UK. I'm, I'm more like the annoying voice. I'm
0: interested the, a that's complete nonsense. Uh, B, it's just occurred to me actually a point you made earlier that look you were giving me in the aforementioned uh, photo controversial photo. A lot of people give me that look when I'm t- when I'm talking to them. So I think that <laughs> that probably equates that. Also your hairdresser moved
1: an hour away. Your personal hairdresser, Greg Rose, has got a personal hairdresser. No, I'm actually. just saying yeah. that you find someone you like and you, you, you know, go she, to go. She, okay. yeah, she was, she was right next to our old office. Uh, so yeah. that was perfect. And now, now she's, too far away and i tried to keep it going during the pandemic and all this stuff but it's like you know what are we doing here
0: first world problems uh, well there you go and uh, yeah i love the uh the JRBP <laughs> plug as well go and check that out available all good podcatches i was listening to it driving uh down the motorways in france i had that on
1: uh, uh as Wait, my- is that like the british term for not Probably having right. to say apple spotify and everything podcatchers podcatchers yes <laughs> oh that's good
0: it's a yeah you can i'm gonna need, i'm gonna steal that that's you good. can take that that's my gift to you but podcatcher of choice you could that's a little flourish i added that's you know that's okay. up to you if you wrong, wrong with that uh, all right we're gonna get got a great question for the mailbag later on sub connected to, to what we're really here to talk about today we might even sneak some west ham chat in as well how about that Greg Rosenthal? a, bit, a little bit later on. We'll leave that for the end we'll get down to business because we were thinking uh producer ollie and i were thinking Everybody's talking up the Bucs and the Chiefs for, for obvious reasons, right? The Bucs are returning, all 22 starters, yada, 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 yawn, yawn, yawn. The Chiefs have sorted out their line. <laughs> we get it. They're going to be good. They're going to be there or thereabouts. The question is who else is in the running? Who are the other Super Bowl contenders, or at least those contenders that you feel are going to have a, a deep playoff run, a shot of the deep playoff run? So we're going to mm. run through four or five of those on the show today.
1: Okay. Uh, it is an interesting thought of like how many teams do you go into the season thinking can win the Super Bowl? I have a mm-hmm. feeling my number would be higher than most. I think it probably would be up at least 10. Yeah, you know, I, I, I just I, I just think that's you have to recognize the history of the NFL and how surprising it can be that that actually we've seen a little more consolidation lately. The good teams have stayed pretty good the last few years, but there's always like one or two teams that pop up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like no one was saying the 0-1 Rams were about to win the Super Bowl or the '99 Rams or the 0-1 Patriots for that matter. Mm-hmm. So I I I would expand it a little to about ten, but we'll we'll focus on the big names.
0: It's a really interesting. I I think I'm with you on that, and it's an interesting point. It's well, if you pilot it out into the quarterback situation and how capable a quarterback do you need to be a genuine Super Bowl contender? what's that level? Which of course I guess to some degree is a perennial question. Uh, you know,
1: Dalton Line. I do the I'm doing the QB Index again this year, which is a column I, I used to do. Uh, my old, you know, friend Chris Wesley and our friend, he he took it over for for a bit and mm. The line of like what the average quarterback is now, what you're referring to, Andy Dalton. Like, if you've got a quarterback better than him, you've got a franchise quarterback. If it's Mm -hmm. worse, you need to, you know, find a new quarterback. Mm -hmm. The line has moved so crazy to this point where, like, I don't even know if there is a line because I think there's, Basically 30 good starters now. You know, like where the Dalton nine used to be is like everyone's got a Dalton. Daltons are no longer as hard to find. I've never seen anything quite like it where now like the the line of you know twenty or so You even feel like those guys are okay. But can you win yeah. a Super Bowl with them? Maybe not. Maybe. That's the thing, yeah. Not going to be
0: detrimental to your chances to contend, but are they are they good enough? And I heard um, Simmons and cousin Sal riffing on this with with Baker Mayfield. And hey, look, you know, Cleveland might well be a team that we get into, right? So, But let's start with the Rams because I know you're massive on the Rams. I know this because you've you guested uh, over the summer on my radio show and you, you said as much that you really, really like the Rams. Let's start with... The, the the Greg Rosenthal elevator pitch why are you big on the rams chances this year
1: this is funny cuz the offseason's so long i'm like don't feel like i'm as big now You're all- <laughs> just just because like i i was like i don't even was i big on the rams i don't even remember that no um i i think the the case for the rams is obvious that you have the two best defensive players in the league, arguably. Two, two of them at their positions. E- you could even make the argument: Aaron Donald is better at his position compared to number two, and Jalen Ramsey is better at his position compared to number two than any two players in the league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's certainly true for Dar- Donald. I don't think Ramsey's quite there, but he's, cert- you know, to me, he's a top two cornerback, and I would, I would pick him number one. Mm-hmm. So that's the starting point. You're you're in a division where you feel like you've got a good head coach that you've got a feel of what's going on around you, but that you have the best defense. And now you're adding Matthew Stafford to do all the things you you hope that Jared Goff could. And I think Jared Goff was ultimately a very limited quarterback. And if you look at his four years as a starter, he actually was pretty consistent, except for that Super Bowl year. Mm. He was like a like if you look at all the numbers, the analytics. The Q- QB index, for instance, PFF grades, everything. He was like a slightly below average starter three mm. of those four years. Mm. And he was a, gr- a very good starter that one year they made the Super Bowl. And even by then it started taking off. So Matthew Stafford, mm. you, you project all the things he can do physically. You add Deshaun Jackson. Um, you have great continuity otherwise. And it just feels like, hey, here's a team who won a playoff game a year ago. And you're upgrading in the most important position and you are, you know, you're a top five type of team.
0: How much so it's a great elevator pitch. So you're back on them again. Now they're now in the, in the last 60 seconds. Well, you told me to make
1: the, right the, the pitch team. that <laughs> yeah, I can, sure. I can give you the, the negative, well, which the flip is just side, the division. Right. The flip we'll get, side is just the division. That's it. Just the, okay, I'll, the you, division. Okay. I want to get Cause because the you, cause suddenly you're counts, a wild card and you got to win multiple. When I say and 10, the it's like, you know, you you have to win that division or else suddenly you have to win three road games to make the Super Bowl And, that is a tough division to win. It is the toughest.
0: The, the toughest of all. No argument there. Just on Stafford, improving the team. So I just want to understand better what you think that is. I mean, Goff limitations with a deep ball, right? Is that one that Stafford just gives them different dimensions offensively? What about the, the protecting the ball as well? Because a lot of people are hyping up or talking up, I should say, Look at the turnovers Goff uh, had in, in the last few years. Stafford's tangibly going to protect the ball better, or do you think that the kind of offense that uh, McVeigh wants to put in, maybe rolling the dice a little bit more, throwing a few more deep balls, and it'll level itself out?
1: I don't think he'll have as many back-breaking sack fumbles. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't think, especially looking at 2020, he'll have the type of games where Goff... Gave them no chance to win in multiple mm. games. The Dolphins mm. game, there there were others where he was the reason they lost. Once you get to that point, like you're mm. you're below that Dalton line, you you are a problem. Um, and I I don't think it's so much his arm strength and his mobility, which are both better than golf, but it's not like that's the number one reason why I feel it. I I think they think Stafford's mind can unlock a lot of what is going on in this offense. It's It's such a quarterback friendly offense. I don't think they believe Jared Goff ever truly developed the ability to win before the snap, to see what was going to happen, what defenses were throwing at them and be able to adjust in a way that like Sean McVay can't. Ultimately, the quarterback has to be able to make a lot of decisions. I think they believe Matthew Stafford, 10 years in the league, been in a lot of situations is as sharp as he's you know ever been. Obviously he's in the prime of his mental game and his mm. physical skills are still there. So that's like, we, we've seen it now, like young thirties is a beautiful time to be a quarterback in the NFL mm. and have that sort of Ben Roethlisberger like evolution where I think Roethlisberger became much more of a student of the game and his physical gifts came out in his thirties, even more than they were in, in their twenties.
0: It's a great point. And it makes a, a huge amount of sense when you put it in, in those terms, Matching Stafford with a, with a coach like McVeigh, I mean, it is it really really interesting to see how much he can progress as as a player. Which does sound counterintuitive, I guess, at times when you think about how long he's been in the game. But uh, in the game at Detroit, with all the all the challenges he had there for, for many years. All right, what about what about the running game? I've got to ask about that um, because there seem to be two schools of thought here, I guess, and this is true with Baltimore, perhaps even more so. And we'll get onto the Ravens in a bit, but there is the, I I guess, the dominating school of thought, which is, ah, don't worry about it. We'll find another running back. I mean, that's, you know, a little bit diminished, but it doesn't really matter. Versus, well, actually, at some point, particularly with the the style of offense, and again, this is, I think, very much the the Ravens, but we saw uh, vintage Todd Gurley and the impact that he had in that Rams offense versus... Not so strong, Todd Gurley, and no Todd Gurley, and the difference in a McVay offense. So, how big a problem is the running game going to be? Do you think for the Rams?
1: Yeah, they they lost Cam Akers for the year, and they they aren't able to replace him with someone that that has it all like Cam Akers. But Daryl Henderson is a burner. Who I love watching run, and his per run efficiency is as good as Cam Akers. It's just he hasn't been been able to show that he can stay healthy. Mm. Um, Sony Michelle, they add from New England, had a really good camp. Everyone who around there thought it was the best camp of his career. He's had struggles with injuries, but we've seen you know during their 2018 playoff run, for instance, and other times he's a very capable running back. It's a running back friendly system. The thing that I think gets missed with McVeigh and Shanahan and now Shane Waldron, the old Rams assistant who's in Seattle. So you have three teams running the same offense, essentially in the same division mm-hmm. is that it's very much based on the run and the threat of the run. They, they want to run the ball a lot. They want to do play action and they want all the motions and everything that they do uh, in the running game to, to open up their passing game, to make it harder to defend both and in mm-hmm. more than, the chiefs or even the bills or the Patriots, like the run in the pass. I think we in St. In, Saint, in uh, Los Angeles. Wow. I just said St. Louis, um, you know, it, they, 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 they <laughs> go together. A four year out of date reference. Thing it's that, been, yeah. it's been a minute, but you know, we did just talk about the greatest show on tariff. My son is True. like, my son has been re- reading. This is sad, but on his Kindle, like the, you know, there's like free books on your Kindle, like hmm. Amazon free time. It's called, but, um, and they have all these like football books you can get, but they're all like written from like 2001. So he's been reading a lot about the greatest show on turf and asking me, like he's reading NFL record books from like great. 2004 I... where they talk about the greatest show on turf. He's like, what was that like?
0: <laughs> I love that. I, I um, well, you can tell, tell your son that I have been reading too about very recently about the greatest show on turf. Cause I'm reading the, the Jeff Benedict dynasty book, which, I uh, seem routinely bad to remind them this is every episode I do now that just uh, didn't didn't get paid by Benedict Torres publishers <laughs> I just keep plugging plugging it on every episode but It's 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 a good book and uh, uh, of course you referenced it earlier that 2001 Super Bowl and what they were 14 point dogs I think the Patriots uh, Patriots in, in that yeah. one yeah incredible stuff so yeah the greatest show on top um, so <laughs> let's get onto defense because no Brandon Staley that seems to be Obviously, a big loss. But then Raheem Mostert comes in; he's a pretty decent operator. Then you've got Johnson going, who, by all accounts, was a a, a a linchpin in this defense, defensive play caller. Right, Brockers love Brockers for all kinds of reasons, not least him calling out <laughs> golf and then and then ending up in Detroit forty eight hours later. Um, like <laughs> my, my favorite part of the offseason. season, um, Troy Hill as well. So they're, they're notable. Changes defensively. How big a problem are they, do you think?
1: Yeah, losing Staley is the biggest problem because that was the best Rams defense easily of the McVay era. Mm. They had moments during their Super Bowl run with Wade Phillips, but they weren't a consistent unit for 16 weeks like they were for Staley and then really peaking at the end of the season where that was a Super Bowl winning type of defense. It had to have been Mm. so frustrating for McVay because they did just did not have it offensively last year. And yet they were, they were able to be competitive, get to the divisional round game with, because of that defense, you have to give Staley a ton of that credit. He comes in, makes a lot of changes, changes people's roles. I don't think they're as worried about the personnel losses. John Johnson was a great player, but they're um, they're deep at safety. They love um, the rookie Fuller who, who played you know, so well last year for them and is really stepping right. Jordan Fuller is stepping right into that role there. Guys like Troy Hill, like they feel like they have found a lot of value from their mid to late round draft picks. They've not had first round picks and they've, they've, they've done it. They've done a good job developing players to be contributors. And so there are four or five names that you won't recognize on this, week one starting lineup. If you're just a casual fan yet by the end of the year, they do have a pretty good track record of turning Troy Hill, who who is Troy Hill into a guy that gets paid elsewhere or John Johnson or, or even, you know, Dante Fowler comes in there for a year and gets paid to go elsewhere. And they seem mm. pretty comfortable with that and their track record. You got to give them credit has, has been excellent. I, I always think the hardest thing to do is be consistently good in the regular season. And I know mm. they haven't gotten over the hump, to win a Super Bowl, but they are fourth in wins since McVeigh got there. So it's like, well, you know, that's, you can't really argue with that. He took over a terrible team and they are fourth in the NFL in wins. And they've, you know, they've been in the playoffs three, three of the four years. So it's, it's impressive.
0: And they're all in, of course. You know, it's, it's kind of feels very much like it's, boom or bust maybe they've got a couple of years in it but certainly this season it will be a disappointment if they don't go close yeah i think i think
1: they have i i don't think they think they're on a timeline because i don't think they see their their team isn't that old really it's like Mm. whitworth their left tackle is um it's not necessarily a veteran team i mean not an old team but it is it is a free agent heavy and trade you know heavy type of
0: and give it up but yeah draft capital yeah but if by all accounts if you join the dots what you've just said defensively that might affect them less than other uh, franchises in terms of slotting in pieces uh and, and getting a, a decent return from them immortal human has got in touch with us on on twitter a friend of yours greg i don't know uh, uh thanks for the question what's the realistic scenario if the rams have a losing season does mcveigh get fired now i think it's probably unlikely Although not impossible, the Rams have a losing season. But I guess his point might be that they're Super Bowl contenders. So if things don't go to plan and then maybe they miss the playoffs, say, or suddenly go out with a whimper in the playoffs, is McVeigh under any kind of pressure?
1: No, I don't think. not even close. I think he close. I think he has you know about as good job security. Is anyone in the NFL? It's
0: Greg Rosenthal. Greg Rosenthal, Sean McVay, <laughs> job wish.
1: security. I wish I'm in a contract here. I don't know if he is. So Ooh. hopefully we can stay at stay at the NFL. Though you know, there's been a lot of changes. It's it's a tricky time in our business, as you know, even even for the yeah. NFL. But uh, I think McVay could go four and thirteen, and he would keep his job. Keep- now there'd be other changes, probably in the front office, various things. Uh, but I I think he would have a long rope, as as he should. By the way, I mean he really hasn't had a down year i know the expectations are now through the roof but come on he helped build that stadium in my mind i mean in a way at least fill the stadium not build the stadium but fill the Mm -hmm. stadium
0: it's he maybe helped build it as well i mean the man seems capable of pretty much anything
1: i (laughs) will have to give that i guess i guess they already were you know the plans were ready that's my new workplace by the way we're supposed to start working there soon oh really you're based in there what a gig. No, I mean, not in the stadium, but literally right next to it. Like, oh, amazing. Office, yeah.
0: That's a good, that's nice, nice wow. work.
1: If you can get it, Greg Rosenthal. So I have to talk about the Rams night. <laughs> She's like, I have to do Although, that. Although Jeff I feel bad, you know, I did make my predictions that I did not even have them winning the division in the end. Unbelievable. You see, this, you're right. This is true because we were just talking
0: all year round and, and things change. I do think about McVay because uh, everybody, uh, of course, emphasizes his youth and uh, his remarkable mind and his ability to, to retain information and all of those. And the fact he's such a, uh, a dynamic architect offensively and all of these, you know, very attractive wife, look at all of these kind of different things, a zeitgeist. And then think, what's McVeigh going to be like when he's in his 70s? I mean, I hope he's still coaching in his mid-70s. I, I wonder what kind of... What what would the NFL looked like? In, in, where are we now? So McVay's, wow. what thirty five, whatever. So yeah, let's say in forty years' time, NFL twenty sixty one, is McVeigh still coaching in that?
1: Yeah, I feel like he's a lifer. I think he'll have a similar type of career to John Gruden. I don't think he'll burn himself out in the same way. But they, mm. you know, that was one of his mentors, and uh, I could see him staying with the Rams. I'm I'm putting the over on there like over a decade. I mean, he's already four or five years in here, but like, he's just a guy, I think more than almost any coach other than Belichick and Carroll, is the architect of the whole organization. And that's one of the things I think the ownership and everyone there values him for that. He is truly the coach of every department he's, you know, he's been great developing coaches, you know, d- and they've had to, because they've lost so many, including this year. Um, and I think they really, you know, I just think it's sort of his franchise. And uh, I think maybe he'll do that and then he'll burn himself out. Hopefully he'll have a Super Bowl, you know, along the way, he'll do the Monday night football booth or some booth he'll for burn like himself set- out. five years. <laughs> yeah. do yeah. you think he will just work too hard or say after 12 or 13 years, he'll just like need a break for, for three years. So go into a booth. And then he'll come back to the to coaching.
0: How about that? In I like that. I like the fact he comes back. I I, I think in twenty sixty one, the technology might have developed to the degree where he is just on the sideline with loads of holographic Sean McVay's as his coaching staff.
1: <laughs> well, didn't you see there? There's like a guy on their staff that they hired that looks exactly like Sean McVay, like, like a doppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he's already heading that route. He's starting to develop little Sean McVay's that can take over. I love it. I love it. All right, let's
0: move on. Speaking of that division and how tough it is, the 49ers have got to be in the mix as well as, as contenders for, for obvious reasons. When again, you look at the caliber of uh, of the, the coaching situation there and the continuity and the 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 identity i guess and the philosophy that is ingrained across the team they're getting so many players back they were beset by injury and bad luck last year of course which completely derailed their team but who is the quarterback for you greg that, that gives them the best chance of success this year because it is like the situation in chicago everybody's clamoring maybe not as maybe not as acute actually as 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 the Chicago situation, but not far off. Everybody's given up on Jimmy G. It seems want to see Trey Lance, even though he's a raw talent by all accounts. What, how does this play out for you? Because I'm always fascinated when you have a young quarterback, a rookie quarterback, first rounder at a contending team, because by default, the incumbent is going to, unless something goes horribly wrong, is going to keep them in contention for the playoffs for much of the season. So at what point, if you do make a change unless injury impacts that, do you make a change? So let's say the 49s are looking good. Jimmy G's mm, bittersweet hit and miss, but they're 10 and three or, you know, whatever. They're they're going to make the playoffs. They're looking good. Is it going to be right? Now's the time we bring Trey Lance in. Or, <laughs> I mean, how do you see that playing out?
1: It's very difficult. It's a feel. I, I think their best chance to win the Super Bowls with a heavy dose of Trey Lance. I think Lance was the rookie quarterback who probably had the bumpiest august. you know some impressive plays, a lot of turnover worthy plays looked raw, looked a little more raw maybe than the other first round quarterbacks. We'll see if that, that plays out. It doesn't necessarily mean too much. And we but expected when, that,
0: right? I mean, that's what everybody yeah. was saying that out of th- those five, he was the most raw coming into the league. Al
1: so. also had some incredible plays. And when they started rotating Jimmy G and Lance in the third preseason game, like your mind just exploded. And to me, their best chance to win the Super Bowl is going to be with a, with Trey Lance's coming along during the season and maybe Jimmy G, you know, getting them, uh, a nice record to start the year. And I don't know how that switch happens, but it worked pretty well for Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick in that season. I think there's a lot of parallels there, Mm. uh, including the fact that defenses, once you do bring in Lance, I think are just going to be... Flummoxed. I mean, it just, I just think the running, think how good the running game is now. Like the running game is amazing now. And I just think the things that Kyle Shannon can do with him and Mostert mm-hmm. or him and the other rookie running back, Sermon, who's on that team. I just think the guys after the catch, I ended up taking them all the way to the Super Bowl. I think I had them, I had them winning the Super Bowl. It's like one of those things that you think you're okay, let's pick one team that you could see their ceiling is winning the Super Bowl. Let's just pick them. And then and it's like four other people picked them at the NFL.com. everyone tried to get cute with little 49ers, but I do think that's their upside. Mm-hmm. Give me, show, tell, tell me a position group on this team that doesn't have all pro potential players on it. There isn't one. Um, yeah. I guess quarterback is, is probably it. Yet. And then yeah. the secondaries has questions Certainly. The safeties are hurt a lot and the cornerbacks are are just okay. But everywhere else, like Bose is back. Armstead's there, obviously. They might get something out of D Ford. Fred Warner is maybe the best middle linebacker in the league. Greenlaw's right next to him. Debo Samuel and Ayuk as their top mm-hmm. two receivers. I love both of them. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know which, like I took Ayuk as one of the breakout players, I think, in fantasy. Great offensive line, great left tackle, great coach. Like They've had such bad luck with injuries that I just think if if things break right and after they had a, like a healthy training camp, it felt to me like that was breaking right. Mm-hmm. Then I was just like, all right, let's take him to the Super Bowl. I think I'm that's in. their upside.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's a compelling argument. Uh, Robert Sala, if we're looking at, you know, and comparing that to to Staley leaving the Rams, where does that sit for you in terms of how significant a loss he is?
1: it's really significant, but they also develop their coaches like Kyle Shan. It's all the same tree. D'Amico Ryans is taking over. People love D'Amico Ryans. I, I, as a Patriots fan, I never worried about assistants leaving because I just felt like that's your job is to be ready to replace any assistant and to develop. And, and if your organization and culture is strong, then you're good at that. And the Patriots, always like people would always get worried about assistance leaving or front office people leaving. It's like, Bill's got it covered. I think Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan and McVeigh are similar organization builders where they have people, they've been ready for this. They have mm-hmm. people in the building. They're the ones that hired Salah in the first place. You know what sure. I mean? Sure. Like who, who was Robert Salah? And so I, I sort of trust in Shanahan. I know they haven't had a ton of wins, but you just look at, look at the coaches that's been under Shanahan. I mean, mm-hmm. he really gets everyone jokes about McVeigh, but like, McVay's, his, his coaching tree is mcBay mm. and all the guys that have come out of that. And I think that says a lot.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a great point. And I had someone hot take, well, D'Amico Ryans, he's a first year coordinator in this division. Uh, but as you say, if you look at the trajectory, so particularly now in this, in the modern NFL. Plus of,
1: players matter more, right? Players still matter more than coaches. Let's, let's just say that.
0: I, but players matter, that's an interesting question. Players ultimately have to matter more than coaches, but how but how much more? we'll find out with the 49ers, right? If if the defense get better, now, you're right. Look at the, the talent you have outlined uh, and rattled off. It, it's virtually impossible to misfire with, with that talent. One more on them because there are others I want to get into and I know we're uh, partly because we're zipping off for of too many tangents. Uh, we've got to cover a lot of ground. Uh, just back on, on Garoppolo a minute. And, and again, I want to draw the parallel with to a degree with Goff, right? Uh, something that you and I have talked about many a time over the years is the uh, increasing uh, obsession with what have you done for me lately? And the increasing speed at which we write off players and that we underestimate players because they're not lights out, crazy good, like some of their contemporaries. So bringing that to Garoppolo, right? And I know he's said injuries, which maybe is, is ultimately the answer here. Right. But He has, for a long part of his professional career and he's been fit, looked to be a very good NFL quarterback. And I know he came short in the Super Bowl, like Goff came short in the Super Bowl and the finest of margins and didn't quite make that play. And maybe that is what separates the the great from the good. I get all of those arguments, but are we... Are we writing off Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit too soon here? Is there a possibility, despite the fact Trey Lance is electrifying and I'm sure he'll get used irrespective of how they use Garoppolo, is there a possibility that Garoppolo has a stellar season here and, t- yes. and takes them to the Super
1: Bowl himself? Yes, because of what I just said about the team around him. He's already done it. I mean, mm. he, he was basically good enough to win a Super Bowl already mm. <laughs> or close. I mean, it's like there's that line. They, he was good enough to get them to a Super Bowl already and I think the team around him offensively this year can be as good or better. You know, the offensive line, the running game, the receivers can be as good or better and he's been in the system longer. You know, when I did that ranking of the QB index, you know, he he still figured pretty high. He mm. he was right in the middle, you know. Right now, Fitzpatrick kind of feels like that Dalton line, like right around 17. Okay. I had like big Ben Fitzpatrick and Jimmy G like that was like 16, 17, 18 or so Pretty much there. Yeah. And, and, but Jimmy G's numbers could be like just pure numbers could be eighth, you know, because I Mm. think it's such a quarterback friendly system. He's been in it. He's, he's not going to do everything that maybe the great quarterbacks could do in that system, but it's such a good situation for him that absolutely he could end up just playing really well, and I think if you look at their early schedule, they're you know they could he could do it. Like I, I I obviously think this is this team is good enough to win with either quarterback. So I'm not really picking a quarterback, but I am picking them to do great.
0: He seems really chilled as well. I mean, <laughs> with everything going on, he just seems such a chill customer. It's,
1: it's not a small thing that he is like laughing and embracing, doing a quarterback rotation. I yeah. absolutely think he has the attitude that fans think they would have, but I sort of doubt, which is that like, Hey, like, are the checks clearing? Because uh, <laughs> there was a chance here that I wasn't going to get my 26 million this year. Right. So if like the checks are clearing and I'm making that 26 and I have this good team around me and I think I'm a baller. So I think I'm going to play well when I, and I have a feeling I'm going to, you know, he, I think he's thought this whole time, he's going to be the week one guy. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Okay. Let's go. Okay, you want to run me in and out like yeah. this dude's okay. I get it. You you're yeah. upfront with me. Let's let's have some fun.
0: Yeah, and it takes the pressure off. I mean, it takes the pressure off, and, and as he suggest, I think that could be that could be quite a critical part of this season. He's just going to roll with it. All right. On to quarterback mindset and the Packers then. So what kind of Aaron Rodgers are we going to see this season given given the off season he's had?
1: There's no reason to doubt the Rodgers Packers, Lafleur, I'm sick of it, like any doubt. I mean, the offensive line could be a little bit of a problem. They only have one starter back in their same spot, and that's just hmm. a guess, Lucas Patrick at guard who might not even have won their job. That's a problem. You're missing your left tackle. You're moving Elkton Jenkins, who's been really good on the interior, to play left tackle. You have a new right tackle. That's, that's a lot. I mean, four-ish new starters that's a lot but I think he's got more weapons around him than he's had since mm, 201415 you know I'm trying to think of when he went went really deep there I love the talent around him I love uh, the running backs I love the receivers and I love him in that offense because it, He's sort of the answer to like, oh, what would it be like a Aaron Rod? You know, if you had a better than Jimmy G in San Francisco, that's what Aaron Rodgers is in this system in Green Bay. That's right. this is what happens when you have a quarterback like that and the system that gets the receivers open.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it, it much documented, well documented, I should say, how prolific the offense was last season, despite. The the concerns in, in terms of depth, certainly in receiving core and and those young receivers are are moving on up. Valdez Scantling's drop rate—that's what a lot of people keying on. He's got a drop rate of
1: double digits. Don't and you think that, they have pretty good players around him though? Like Valdez Scantling, by the way, is like a good NFL player. He was a fifth or sixth round pick, but like he's a great guy as your fourth option, which is basically what what he what needs he to is. be. Yeah, Randall Cobb's back as well. I like that. I like Randall Cobb back in the back in the mix. That was weird. That was a weird one. He did not look right last year. Was that, that to could be one? Rogers that could be that- one where he loses snaps to their rookie Amari Rodgers. Mm. It wouldn't totally shock me. But... Or, or Lazard, but like that sort of speaks to my point is they have, you know, Tanyan is I think a good tight end and they've got three good running backs. That's the part where, when I say they have talent around them, I think their running game is going to be sensational. Mm. It could be one of the best running games in the league. So it's like, how many more do you need? Then you got the best receiver in the game and Adams, you have one of the best running games in the league. Like how much, how many more receivers do you need? You're fine. So
0: they're going to lay, lay on the, uh, the, uh, the points then, but defensively, how are they going to roll?
1: they always looked like a team that had more talent than they um, played like to, mm. they didn't play to their talent. You know, you always, you say with some teams like they're greater than the sum of their parts. It felt like the Packers were lesser than the sum of their parts uh, for the last few years. So mm. we'll see. It's, you know, they, they brought in Joe Barry. It's like the scheme doesn't get you too excited. You're just hoping that the change helps. Cause I, I think, I think other than linebacker, they, you know, inside linebacker, they've got talent everywhere. They've got a great corner in Jair Alexander, uh, a safety that's coming up in Savage. You've got Zadarius Smith coming off injury. You've got Rashawn Gary who looked good at the end of last year. You have Kenny Clark. I mean, to me, if you're just judging talent, that's that's got to be a top 10-ish defense.
0: Mm. Stokes in there as well, the rookie the rookie corner. Uh which I guess the selection of him was a lot to do with what went down in the in the NFC championship game. All right. So the, the Packers, I'm I'm in with you as well. I think ridiculous I think ridiculously under the radar.
1: I and- know. I should have probably I, I was debating between Niners and Packers, and I, I should go look to see how many people I feel like people aren't picking the Packers just in no boring the but yeah. they're good. That's that was stupid. I should have done that. Uh, I'm with you.
0: I'm an easy division, obviously as well. So that's my hot take on the Packers. Um but the Packers, Patriots, another team, I think, going well under the radar. That seems to be changing and gathering a bit of momentum. Now, but this idea that the Patriots, uh, uh, I don't feel, are getting enough credit. But I guess a lot of that is down to the Bills and the fact that most people expect the Bills to win the division. Do you? Do you see the Bills as the de facto favorites for the AFC East?
1: Yeah, I, I think the Bills are the best team in the AFC coming into the season. You know, I, I always like lean Mahomes, and I love rooting for Lamar. But if you just kind of look at the rosters. Like who has the fewest flaws? Who has the like the fewest ways things could go wrong? I think it's Mm. I think it's the Bills. It's it's a really good division. It's the best AFC East I think in a long time, but. I, I just, I just think they have a lot of margin for error, a lot of margin for injuries, a lot of you know they can. We saw it last year; their defense didn't show up until like week twelve, and they they still were the two seed. It didn't matter, and yeah. I don't and I don't see that happening again for them. And so, even if the offense took a little bit of a step back, I'm I'm not really worried about them. But you're right; I think it's a very good looking Patriots team, pretty good looking Dolphins team too.
0: Yeah, I mean, a tough division, not not quite NFC West standards, but but they're on Josh Allen, his trajectory because everyone uh, was of course blown away by what he did last year and and the more keener observers looked at the year-on-year progression and concentrated on that and said that the amount he's developed in 12 months or in a season is extraordinarily good so how high and how far can he go i mean he's now top five quarterback in the nfl i think most people would agree that and he's in a comfortable place. He's got weapons around him. The ground game, I guess is maybe one of the weaker elements of the, the bills, but it doesn't seem to matter too much partly because of him and what he has around him. How far can he go? Do you feel, I mean, looking at the rate at which he's progressed, I mean, it can't, can he can't continue to develop at that level? <laughs> maybe he can, you're on here, but do you get the feeling that he can move into the territory of being one of the game's greats?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think he's more likely to win an MVP than to backslide. Mm -hmm. And I was so wrong about Allen. You know, I was a skeptic, but I think the continuity that the bills have is what makes me think they're, they're kind of the AFC favorite. They weren't my pick, but to me, I think they're the most bulletproof because Brian Dable's back. Yeah. receivers are all back. People were like, Ooh, are they going to cut Cole Beasley? Cause he's talking about getting vaccinated. It's like, go watch the two quarters. Josh Allen played in the preseason. That's why they're not cutting Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. When, when the Cole, when the play breaks down, they are the new, you know, Rogers and Devonte Adams. Like mm. they just have a connection where When things go wrong, Allen is one of the best runners in the league and he's one of the best creators. So you combine that with a system that is giving him a lot of easy answers, open receivers, and it's just hard to argue. I I try not to get too swayed by the preseason, but my God, like those two quarters where Josh Allen somehow like looked even better than he did a year ago and was putting every throw on the money and every practice report we've heard from Buffalo is like, he is so much better this year than he was in camp last year. Yeah. Now it's like okay, I am swayed by the preseason. I'm uh, you know I'm, I, I I'm not <laughs> believing that they'll slide back. There's just not many logical reasons other than you know he can he can turn the ball over, and I think that'll that could happen. And he's playing against the Patriots and Dolphins, and like so there can be moments where that prevents him from like getting an MVP or maybe maybe he becomes the sixth best quarterback in the league instead of the third. But I I don't think it's like this huge thing where it, he can fall apart.
0: You know the. the- the narrative on experience is so vital experience of big games is vital. And the next time you're there, you'll learn from it. And you, with the, the playoff last last season, do you buy into the argument? And I guess this is, I hear, we hear a lot in, in football over here when a team in the champions league, for example, uh, a talented team that has domestically done well, but gets into the champions league it, the first few times that team's in it and maybe goes out the quarterfinal stage. And you, you hear this a lot with Man City or you did, you have done in the last you know, five, six years. Well, they'll be better for the experience and stronger for the experience. Like
1: West Ham last year, that was knocking on the door. Now it's time for the, title. now it's time. to uh, <laughs> now we're talking
0: title. Uh, yes. It's exactly like West Ham <laughs> this season, but do you buy, I, I'm not sure I buy into that or at least uh, maybe I'm not sure. I give it the, the, the level of credence that some people do that. It's a really significant thing.
1: What do you think? With the Bills? I, I don't in the NFL. I no. totally do. in tennis and in the NBA, I think Mm. it's like, unless you're Rafael Nadal or you're like, even LeBron had to go through it, you know, with the cat, those steps are absolutely important. You have to get those reps. You have to get in those big moments and you do, and you push forward. Absolutely. I don't quite buy it in the NFL because it's every game is a game seven. Every Mm -hmm. year is so different. Even if the core coach and quarterback are the same, it's like from one year to two years before there's 25 different guys in the team and 50 guys are playing. It's just, I don't mm. quite buy it. Mm. From an individual pro- progress, uh, progress level though, Josh Allen's experience is only going to help him. And I think if you, if you had to give an award to the best organization rebuild of the last 10 years, it's absolutely Sean McDermott, Brandon B. Like if you look at when they came in and had nothing had a vision 2017, they made the playoffs like a little early, take a step back. And if you look at the roster that they've built, it's amazing. That's it. That like, if you took a, took taught a course in building a team, that's the bill. So they are absolutely set up to be perfectly in position and the experience has got to help some of their veterans that are repeating this year. But, but it, it still comes down to it's going to be like one game against the Ravens or one game against the chiefs. And you know, they're going to hope that they they're at home for that game. And I, I think that's going to be a push for them. I, so I think, I think it helps. It's just not like other sports where you have seven games or five sets to play with. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just, but think, but think I'm um, not, I'm rambling here, but think of Alan between his first playoff mm-hmm. experience to a second which was pretty rough too which was against the Colts until last year like you can see that progress
0: yeah well let's let's go on to the ravens and connect that with lamar because i was thinking outside of the brockers golf situation my my three favorite things about the nfl that or amongst um, three of three of my favorite things about the nfl since uh, we've lived in this surreal covid uh, world Roger Goodell, the virtual draft, right? And Roger Goodell's one-liners. <laughs> they will stay with me forever. This, I, I just could go back and watch that again and again. Did, <laughs> um, d- just the
1: different. I don't different even know styles. what you mean there. I, yeah, oh, the, the like you know what the, he was doing. Like every jokes? time it
0: cut back to get the, yeah, exactly. And he was and he was dro- dropping the gags, dropping the <laughs> dropping the jokes. I think
1: and, I was writing at the time while the draft was on. I, I go back I, should, and watch I should go rewatch that. It's like watching a Netflix comedy special.
0: It's even yeah. better going back and watching it. It's <laughs> because we were doing it live. We were doing it live on radio, and, and even then they were resonating. Go. I think I've watched them three times now, and uh, somebody out there, please put a transcript together and send them. Send into this show because i want to i might start i might start dropping a few of them we will probably get in trouble for doing that so there was that um obviously the dan the dan campbell uh opening press conference uh, what i loved about that outside of the obvious was the fact that i feel a bit like a pacino in any given sunday that there is gonna be at least a few high school coaches somewhere in america that watched that and thought i'm gonna have a bit of that in my, in my, in my next team talk <laughs> a completely ill-judged application of that um but but in all seriousness, one of the things I really am glad about is Lamar getting it done in the playoffs just to shut that noise up, this ridiculous hot take narrative of, well, he's not going to be a great quarterback until he wins. the. Play. One of the st- stupidest uh, lines of recent years, really. And, and that is obviously gone now, but the Ravens are another one of these teams, like most, frankly, in the NFL that are close but no cigars. So this iteration with a great quarterback like Lamar. And back to our point earlier about the Rams and the running game, even more so with J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill, as we're recording this, it's announced today he's out for the season. So the time media you are recording this, Lev Bell's getting a, tri- <laughs> a tryout with the Ravens, which is interesting and maybe could, could turn out to be a good thing. So how much of a problem is that going to be for the Ravens series, Super Bowl chances, the lack of a, 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 an A-grade a running game?
1: The running game will still be great. J.K. Dobbins could have taken it to another level. Mm. You know, he was a really unique player. I have a, our consigliere from the desert, Spice Rack, gives us his college tips every year on the around the NFL podcast. And he compared J.K. Dobbins to Emmett Smith um, before he came out. And I've been watching him thinking about that and since, and, and I could see it. And I, I think like we could have had the first guy to average 60 yards per attempt. He was practically doing it last year. I just think he would have been a juggernaut that said they didn't really, you know, Dobbins was only a part-time player last year. They were still third in rushing DVOA. According to football outsiders, they were not hit the historically good running game. They were the year before. I think as long as you have Lamar Jackson, I think you're going to be a top three running game. There's, there's a stat from next gen stats called rushing yards over expected. Lamar Jackson has 400 almost more yards over expected than any player in the NFL since he entered the league. Derrick Henry's next. Kamara's, you know, on that list after that. So it's like i I almost think it somehow underrated what Lamar Jackson does, not just for the running game, but obviously it makes his life easier as a passer. They've just had a mm. rough, rough training camp i My original Super Bowl prediction was you know forty was Ravens going all the way, and mm. I think I got a little spooked I don't even know if I stuck i I didn't want to totally give up because I do think they're a team that will finish better than they start. They always mm. find solutions by the end of the season. Think about how last year ended. They were they were a much better team defensively, especially uh, by the end of the year than they were early.
0: Is that typically the sign of a really good coach, a team that
1: yep. develops that way? Yeah. Don't you think, I mean, cause they, they spend the season figuring out what they do, what they don't do and yeah. how to match up with other teams. Very much like the Patriots. I think LHX, exactly, more, than, yeah, exactly. yeah. more than any team, I think they are like the Patriots in that way where yeah. I think they're a bigger problem in December than they are in September. So yeah. I think the Ravens will get there eventually. I just don't know how.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, Rashad Bateman on IR as well, so there are similar issues to you know year on year that um that might be the difference when we're talking about the deep waters, of the playoffs, and what separates the uh, a championship team from from everyone else. All right, uh, we got to get out of dodge in a minute, so we're going to do a couple of questions from the mailbag. Unless there are any other any other names, you give a kind of quick thirty seconds on a team that you think we should have mm. been talking about as a contender that we didn't.
1: I think we hit the main teams. You, you well, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You asked me beforehand. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> those are the teams I, I think can can uh, can win. the pa- The Patriots would be interesting. I think they. I think the Browns probably would be the other. The Browns are the team that I didn't. I haven't predicted to do great. That I, I don't. I feel the worst about that prediction because. I think if things go right for them, like Baker Mayfield was good enough to win a Super Bowl last year, the way their offense mm. was playing. If they had a defense last year and a little more health on offense, like they could have won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So their roster is very similar to the Bills, where I feel like they don't have a ton of ways things can go wrong, where their baseline is gonna be ten, ten, eleven wins. And that's a mm. great place to start.
0: I I, uh, yeah, I like the Browns. I wanna believe in in Baker. I still can't quite go
1: all in there. But uh, I think, they, yeah, they would be the one team I think that we left out that should should mm. be mentioned, yes. Okay, tick for the Browns. There we go. All right, uh, a couple of questions
0: before we go. Uh, Mikey, this isn't well. maybe you think the, the Colts are contenders. I don't think many do particularly all kinds of issues uh, at the quarterback position amongst other things right now. Again, at the, the time of recording this, but Mikey, thanks for the question at the NC Show. Uh, should the Colts have tried to get a wide receiver in free agency? And of course, talking about the Ty situation, I guess particularly
1: there. Well, in hindsight, yeah, I don't think they have enough explosiveness. That receiver, they like this guy, Michael Strong. Mm. It, it looks like Isn't it's it? pronounced Stracken, yes. but uh, that he's pronouncing it Strong. He made right. some plays in the preseason. They're they they need him to. They don't really have a downfield threat. Michael Pittman to me is a little bit more of like a chain mover, smart guy. Um, they need Paris Campbell to step up. I really just have my doubts about a less than hundred percent Carson Wentz. So I think it's been a really good preseason for the Titans. I think because of Mm -hmm. that factor that like you have to win three road games, if you're a wild guard, that's one reason why I think the Titans are a sneaky, sneaky contender too, because they do have an upside on their defense, all the moves they made in the secondary Mm -hmm. where if things go right for them, I think they win that division maybe you get a home game or two and they're they're back in that AFC mix yeah. I, I really like them to win that division over the colts i'm surprised it, it, when you quite, look at the odds yeah. that it's exactly. fairly yeah. even it's fairly i don't even. think it's remotely even yeah. at all i think I the titans are much completely
0: better completely agree with you in fact i think me and producer all was making that exact point on edge rush not so long ago uh, all right last one uh before we go and it's a west ham question And it's a goodie. It's maybe the best question uh, that we've had. And we've had some goodies. George, thank you for this, George. Imagine Greg Rosenthal, that West Ham joined the NFL for a season. And -hmm. there's suddenly a gap in the premier league, suggests George, which NFL team should fill it. And why? So West Ham move across the pond stateside, leaving a gap in the premier league. Who should fill it? And why?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, my instinct is to go to who would be the West Ham of the NFL. Mm,
0: oh, that's a hell of a question. Who would be the you, West you
1: Ham? You honestly are in a better position.
0: No. Um, it's I, I, th- I thought about it. I mean, I get – we've had – I mean, I maybe the Jets. I think
1: we've talked about this. <laughs> we think we no. have talked I a, think a, it's more like the Miami Dolphins, maybe. Some past glory that yes, that grandfather Dolphins, really. talks about, you yeah. know.
0: The Dolphins maybe maybe are a a better fit, and it makes sense for me. Been bad for a
1: while. Yeah. um, But now are kind of like above average-ish in kind of – you know how I said, you know, there's some teams that it's like they're greater than the sum of their parts. I feel like that's Miami right now, and I think that's uh yep. West Ham maybe right now. Like maybe it doesn't stack up with the other rosters, but at the end of the year, I always I the last two seasons I've thought the Dolphins weren't going to be good at all, and each year they've been about three wins better than I better thought than they figured. would be. And I'm not really sure how they do it, and that's kind of isn't that how West Ham yeah. is right now? At Boys least in
0: Flores, is. I think there's there are parallels there for sure and the the Cavalier the foundation you know the academy of football and of course the, the
1: those great the weird home game situation the oh, nat coombs love the, the, nat, the nat coombs There's a, lot. There's I mean, a lot this, this, is, a, pretty this is pretty a, good this is I pretty like good
0: it. i think that's the closest we've come so far i like we're gonna fire that one at the nc show what do you think are we right we on the buttons greg rosendahl nailed that the dolphins are the uh, uh, uh the hammers and uh, and other parallels as well. So yeah, we like that. We'll send West Ham over for a season, and we'll, we'll get Miami. Are you catching much west Ham on on the
1: on the box over there, Greg? You get plus much. Plus, like wait, in this world, like are they still in Miami? Then I think that's an advantage that's a big time advantage in the Premier League having uh, you know these footballers come over for a road trip to Miami. Mm. it's like NBA teams in Miami. It's like they they somehow, a lot of times they start that game looking a little sluggish. You know, they are not ready to go. I think if if you're adding international, like, Hey, we're not going to be in Miami again all year, forget it. That's a big advantage.
0: We're getting that now. I mean, this year properly with Vegas, right? And the Raiders, I mean, God knows what's right. going to happen. Is, is that going to affect their I mean, I wonder if if I honestly think, wonder if Vegas as in Vegas, Vegas the bookmakers have have considered that fact.
1: they give an extra half a point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. I do yeah, COVID might impact that. I have a feeling the the coaches are going to have some lockdown rules that they would not have otherwise as they should. Um, but we'll see. Maybe maybe you're right.
0: Listen, it is. Great to catch up with you. It's so good to spend an hour talking football with you and and a bit of nonsense in the mix as well. Uh, You mentioned the pods you're working on. Let's plug those one more time as if our listeners aren't diehard listeners. uh, Oh, of course.
1: You're on the NFL podcast. Justin Lick and Rosenzweig Vanity Project, and since we're you know talking right now, I just taped a a Courts of Thunder. I'm doing yes. a, a U.S. Open. It's probably going to be our last two of the year now that the the Grand Slam season is ending for tennis. But I do love me some tennis, and that's been a lot of fun. It was a little inspired by uh, by our late friend Chris Wesley of just like. Do do whatever makes you happy. I always wanted to do a tennis podcast, and so I'm having a lot of fun uh, doing that with my friend Glenn. Uh, it's a great shout Courts of I love, Thunder.
0: I love the name Courts of Thunder. I'm loving that. So yeah, again, available <laughs> at all good podcatchers. I would imagine. Go I mean, the,
1: the Brits are getting into it. You guys got Kanye. I mean, forget oh, it. Rolling. She's She's Absolutely. Absolutely. What well, I mean, yeah, She's
0: and, and Wimbledon, you would have watched and how she blazed onto the scene there and doubling down at the u.s open and just i thought so- she was going
1: to be like that guy marcus willis i don't know if you remember him who became he was like a qualifier who was a brit who suddenly mm-hmm. became like an overnight star because he won a couple matches at the i thought that was what that was her but no she's And then, yeah that was she's it that kind around. of
0: one shiny yeah yeah she, that was she's it. definitely sticking around and again like jimmy g just breezing through it with a big smile on her face just just <laughs> could be playing with her mates <laughs> down at the local court and that's that's probably a sign about why she's rolling so well. well listen Greg, great to see you. Really appreciate your time and catching up, man. You're looking well, looking forward to the season. Come in and check in with us soon, yeah?
1: You too. It's we've been doing this for I don't know, at least five years now. Yeah. I mean, Nat hasn't aged. I've aged. My <laughs> aged quite a bit, but Nat hasn't aged. Thanks, Nat.
0: Back Thank at you, man. <laughs>
1: Lovely stuff from Greg
0: around the NFL. Uh, I'm sure most, if not all, of you listen to that already. But the Rosenthal and Jessonic Vanity Project and, of course, Courts of Thunder. How about that for the trifecta? Go and check them out. Download them. Subscribe to them if you haven't already. Uh, we are back with more as we build up to the start of the season and Kickoff. Ben Isaac's in the house. We're going to drop a College Days. And Ben and I will be uh, doing a week one preview as well, all the week one games. Both of those episodes dropping a little bit later on this week. And then me and producer all getting our first edge rush of the regular season on as well. So all of that coming your way, falling into your podcatcher of choice this week. So if you haven't already subscribed to us, that way you won't miss any of the episodes. Keep an eye out on our social media channels as well at the NC Show. Uh, We will release videos on there from the show. Some of uh, me and Greg will be out there uh, probably around the time you're listening to this uh, and uh, links to uh, when the new episodes drop. So go and check those out on social. And many thanks to all of you. Took the time to fire a question in for Greg. Sorry if we didn't get a chance to get into it, but keep them coming in and we'll do our best to get through questions throughout the course of the season. So we'll see you with Ben later on in the week. Bye for now. Fellow baseball nuts, join us on the Johnny and Josh show
1: with my baseball brothers where JC
0: will endeavor to offer some insightful analysis and my friend Eric Jansen will
1: offer quirky baseball trivia,
0: but we also have David Langell who will combine
1: a high level of inappropriateness
0: with a low level of analysis. The Johnny and Josh Show.
1: Available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network.